Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Royal Pizzas, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Well, this is going to be a fun interview for me because I grew up watching Wacy Rabbit tear it up in the WHL when he was a member of first the Saskatoon Blades and then ultimately getting traded to the Vancouver Giants where he won a Memorial Cup alongside Milan Lucic, Evander Kane in 2007. Some other names on there, Cody Franson, uh, well, Jonathan Blum, Tyson Sexsmith, the goaltender, throwback to the old Western Hockey League days. But uh, it is also National Indigenous Peoples Day and uh, Wacy is an ambassador for Indigenous, uh, the Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta. So without further ado, Wacy Rabbit, thank you so much for taking some time, my friend, to join me on Oilers Now. How's it going? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. So, Wacy, uh, I got to air this out. I know you're from Lethbridge. You're you're probably a, a maybe more of a Flames fan than an Oilers fan. So, thank you for taking the time to uh, to jump on uh, the Northern Alberta station. Are you still you're playing with the ECHL's Jacksonville Iceman, correct? Correct. So, just to get to go back to your first part, I'm actually living in Edmonton in my off season. So, oh, perfect. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I can cheer for the Oilers now a bit. But yeah, we just finished our season here in Jacksonville. Um, it was a little bit different, obviously because of COVID. Um, I was injured, so I got to go behind the bench. But I mean, at the end of the at the end of our year, we're all just grateful that we got to play hockey and in front of fans, and obviously to earn a paycheck. That's the uh, number one thing. And you know, in this climate, to, to do all three of those, it's you got to be very grateful and very lucky. So you got to tell me the story of being behind the bench as a, what, a player, not a player coach, because you were hurt at the time, but you did get to step in there and, and uh, be a bench boss for a minute. Yeah, well, one of the reasons why I came back to Jacksonville, um, I have a good relationship with the head coach. His name's Jason Christie. Um, he's kind of, I guess, tutoring me and like kind of uh, helping me. My, my life after hockey, and I want to I want to be a coach. So he, behind the scenes, I got to see what actually it takes. You know, with 
you know, the, other than just the practice planning, but like the the trades, the the player transactions, and then I was I was I was blessed enough to go behind the bench and run the decor and see what it's like actually behind the bench and how fast it is, and you know, you you barely get to watch the actual game and just to keep your eye on things like that, and obviously line changes. So it was a really cool experience, and you know, it, it just kind of drew my passion to to be a coach and. Hopefully in the next uh, not too distant future, I can go behind the bench somewhere. And uh, I imagine, Wacey, you know, being in a position as you're an ambassador, as I mentioned, for the Indigenous Sports Councils of Alberta, I can tell that there's a, a large part of you and, uh, you know, the work that you do that wants to be able to give back to a community that you came from as a hockey player. And so maybe we can, uh, we'll start there with you, having the significance of a day to recognize Indigenous peoples like today, you know, for yourself as an athlete, just put me into what that means for you to have a day of, of recognition, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's the most important thing for me. You know, at the end of my career, it, it gives me an opportunity to give back to a community that's, you know, for me is uh, it's home. You know, I'm from the Treaty 7. I'm on the Blackfoot, uh, First Nations man. I'm very proud of where I come from. And, uh, there's, a, there's been some pretty sad news lately out there, you know, with the residential schools and uh, our, missing, our missing women. And it hit home for me because my parents, uh, my dad went to residential school, and both my late grandparents went to residential school. So um, I, I've seen the effects of, of what what happened there, and obviously with uh, with the children that were found in um, their, their bodies. You know, it, myself and the, my fiance Ashley, it was, it was a really dark and hard day. But um, for for me, it's just I'm using my platform and my experiences in hockey to make sure our next generation feels like they have a spot, whether it's in academics. It's in sports, wherever they feel, they, they have the confidence going in. You know, they, they look at my career. I never made the NHL, but I got to, to visit some really cool places, experience some really cool things in my career, and I just want to make sure I can give back to the communities that I go and visit. Oftentimes, Wacey, when I'm talking with, uh, you know, like a visible minority, for example, it's all about representation. And you're saying, you know, even not making the NHL was still an opportunity for you to go around and maybe represent your community at places where uh, it would even be less likely for that to be the case, playing over in Europe or wherever the case may be. Uh, Wondering whether you sort of had to build in order to become as good an ambassador for the community as possible or continuing to, you know, are you finding that you're, you're having to um, build a better relationship, I guess, with your own background or, or maybe learn a little bit more about yourself in order to find how to be uh, a better ally moving forward for First Nations athletes and that sort of thing? No, I, I, I've been, I've been um, around with my culture since, you know, since birth, my grandparents made sure that we were, we were aware, and like, uh, and, uh, with our culture and our practices and our ceremonies. You know, I've always been present. I always make sure that I go back to, to whether it's a, it's a bundle opening back home or our Sundance. You know, the, the ceremonies for our people are very sacred, and I've always been a part of that. And I dance pile as a younger as a younger lad, and you know, for for me, I'm, I'm just over my year sobriety mark, and um, with the residential schools and intergenerational trauma that, you know alcohol and substance abuse and mental health it's affected everyone and for myself and it affected me you know for me to, to ask to go get help you know i want to make sure that uh the next the next up and coming generation or even for, for all the people that feel like they need help that there is there is um help out there and that was the hardest for, thing for me was to, to ask for help and now my healing has begun and now that we can heal together as people that you know i want to make sure that our next it's always so important that the younger kids know that it, there's a safe place for them that, you know, you don't need drugs and alcohol to 
to, to, to chase your dreams. You know, it's, it's so important that you you have a dream and you chase it and you work hard. And at the end of the day, hopefully everything works out. Chatting with Wacy Rabbit right now. And Wacy, are there more avenues for, um, you know, First Nations kids to involve themselves in sports at this point than maybe there were when you were breaking in as a hockey player, say, 10 or 15 years ago? Uh, well, the hockey world for me, growing up, you know, we I had to leave my community to, to, to pursue my career. But, but you know, there's a, there's academy in Saskatchewan. I forget the name. I just opened up for all of Canada, so kids can go to can go to that academy. And now, um, if you don't want to play hockey and you want to chase other sports, there's uh, um, I, I'm the you mentioned I'm the Indigenous Master for the Indigenous Sporting Council of Alberta, and they do a great job. Whether it's from toddlers up to to elders, that they they feel they feel involved and um, just you know, just moving your body and the, the, the healing and the, the greatness that it is with just exercise. And now like with, with baseball, football, lacrosse is getting really big. You know, there's so many things for kids to do that it is not just hockey that they can go chase other things. And for me, you know, I, I, I grew up around rodeo. And in the last five years, I just started rodeoing in the, in the off season with my dad. So, you know, there's so many different hobbies and our, our, our kids are so talented and they're so driven. You know, I'm, I'm excited for, for the opportunities that are out there for them now. What does it mean or what does it look like, I guess, for to, to be an ally and to be somebody to better, I suppose, just generate more inclusion, more opportunities for inclusion in sports? You know, what would you say to, to anybody listening right now uh, looking for ways to make it more accepting, more just in a direction that we'd all like to see the game go or sport go in general? Um, well, I've, I've just recently did a podcast with Hockey Alberta and I did an interview with Hockey Canada and I, I mentioned that, you know, hockey's such an elitist sport. You know, it's, it's so extensive. And again, I had to, my parents had to leave the reserve for me to chase my dream. And we, lived, we grew up and, you know, if I were to start playing hockey now at that age with how expensive hockey is, you know, I wouldn't have been able to experience the things I've experienced. So it's, it's it is leaving a lot of younger kids out, not just Indigenous people. You know, people of all backgrounds. You know, it's so expensive to rent ice. It's so expensive to get a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And you know, kids are it's it's, it's important for them just to get out. And at the end of the day, sports is about community. It's about teaching kids life lessons and kind of building self confidence. Um, that's I think with hockey and in sports, that's that's what you strive for. You don't you don't strive for little Johnny or little Sarah to to be the next Conor McDavid. You want them to go out and learn to work with others. So I think with the inclusion part, you know, there's, there's programs out there. I'm hopefully not too not too far into the into the future that it allows other people to to have access to high level sports. So, Wazy, gearing up for another season with Jacksonville, what left do you hope to accomplish in your career as you, uh, you know, you're going to make the transition to coaching fairly quick, do you think? you got some, some tread left on the tires as a player as well? No, well, if, if, I, if I play again, um, I'm still kind of on the, on, on the rocks of deciding if I'm going to jump back into that. But I, I do have a couple interviews with some Western hockey teams that I'm currently involved in for their assistant coaching job. Um, I do want to work in the hockey development side. I have my uh, my program there. It's running for a second year at River Creek. Um, you know that I love working with junior and the the younger the younger. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Generation coming up to develop them so they're, so they're ready for the pro careers. Um, but, you know, hockey's still a passion for me. Whether I play is you know, still yet to be seen, but I would like to start my transition into behind the bench for sure. Tell me about the program at the River Cree. I imagine that's something our listenership would be very interested in. So it is a high performance. Uh, we have a lot of Western League guys. You know, Jacob Smallwood, he just had a great year at Winnipeg Ice. Um, Cooper Gazowski uh, and Sage Weinstein, they're both first and second rounders from Spokane. Um, we have a couple of Indigenous kids that come out that are great. We have uh, Sadie and Ethan McCocus. They, they um, attend the I forget the prep school or the, the, the academy, but it is high level. I mean, my, my, my thing is edge work. Hockey is such a high collision sport that if you're going into those areas and high impact, then you need to be comfortable on your edges to, to embrace the impact. And at the same time, you got to do it with your heads up. You know, a lot of during the season, uh, you know, it's more systems. And for me, it's more this summer and the off season is more individual stuff. So shooting, passing, everything with your head up, you know, everything in high speed. But you got to build that base of being a comfortable skater and making sure you're doing your edge work properly. So that's that's my thing. And now I've been blessed enough to work with some great skills coaches in the game. Uh, Mr. V, who was with, the, with me in Boston, is now in Florida. Adam Redmond, who used to run all, all of Hockey Canada's skill work. So I just kind of take what I've learned and then make it my own. And then obviously you make it as fun for the kids and as competitive as, as you can. But, I mean, there is no real team – specific stuff it's all individual um skill driven work gotcha and uh Wacy, i gotta say thank you so much for loaning us some time here today uh and it was good catching up with you or chatting with you and uh, all the best in the future and everything that you're working on my man thank you Awesome. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. That is a long time. WHL standouts and professional hockey player Wacy Rabbit joining us. Uh, I guess he's, is he in Edmonton? He must be if it's the off season right now, although the uh, the phone line. He told me he was actually going to be coming up next week to start doing his hockey camps up so here. So he is still down in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Sounded a little bit like it, unfortunately. But uh, great content there chatting with the uh, the former WHL. I played with uh, Don Hay, was the coach of that team, a legendary Western Hockey League coach. But I, I mentioned like this team Michael Repic, Milan Lucic Kendall McArdle off of that same team and Rabbit would have been uh, I think a deadline acquisition and maybe in the latter stages of his WHL career as they loaded up for that but you know he was a menace back in the uh, in the heyday there in 03, 04, 05 I would say Lucic produced the best shift in junior hockey in that Memorial Cup against Medicine Hat. I don't know how many hits he laid. I'm pretty sure he scored on the same shift. It's incredible. If you haven't seen it, go YouTube it right now. (laughs) We'll give you time to do that. We'll step out here one last time on Oilers now. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen back. It's 147 in Edmonton. Wacy Rabbit was your headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Wacy Rabbit talking about, uh, I would say the, you know, as far as Aboriginal or First Nations and uh, Indigenous peoples and hockey and that sort of thing, it's definitely a long way to go as evidenced by, you know, what we saw happen with Ethan Bear uh, when the season ended and just looking for ways that we can all be allies to that kind of community. I mean, simply put. 
He definitely does a lot for the youth up here. And even, you know, some of the younger junior players that I know through the, the hockey world, they look up to him. I mean, he he's doing all of these skills camps for Indigenous youth, giving them that opportunity to have the training that they might not have otherwise. So it's incredible to see what he's doing and really just giving back to the game, especially around here. I saw a tweet that he put out, and the reason that I thought he might have been a Calgary Flames fan is because the tweet that he put out said, oh, geez, we've been at a couple of these games. We've been bad luck. Maybe we should go to more Oilers games. Ha, 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 kind of a thing. So we'll let that one slide, Wacey, only because you live here now. And it was a great chat that we had with you. But uh, let's let's dip back in here to our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, most of the conversation today discussing the officiating, so that's where a lot of these texts are uh, are going to lie. IMAX says, uh, I know firsthand what the refs tell the benches. Is that so, IMAX? Is that so? Calls that impede an offensive or defensive chance will be called. That and egregious bends of the rules, i.e. punches somebody two minutes. So explain not even adhering to all that. Well, that's the problem, right, is... As, as Reed Wilkins mentioned, you know, you're watching the game and everybody that knows hockey well enough to be listening to this show right now wants that intense playoff atmosphere. It's awesome. The body checking comes back, you know, the intensity, the dislike, the, the scrums after every single whistle, that kind of stuff we all love. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to a, a diehard fan of the game to now be able to look back 200 feet away from where the puck is and actually see the ref watching somebody get punched in the face and then make a decision not to call it. Make a decision. IMAX says the stick grabs should all be called, uh, must be used to play the puck, so only two hands, not three. I like that. Referees already knows who wins the Stanley Cup. I disagree with that texture from Calgary. That's a little bit uh, pie-in-the-sky-ish for me. Mr. C says, look at Patrick Maroon. Here's a player that we traded away. Now he's got two Stanley Cups trying to go for his third. If they traded Cassian, well, we'd need somebody back like Cassian. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Patrick Maroon's in Tampa Bay. You know, they are... Not to say Patrick Maroon isn't a quality player, but he is not moving the needle in Tampa. <laughs> no, he's not. He would be moving the needle with the officials, though, as we know, uh, the way that we've seen him play. Uh, Harv... Forget the free agents. The agents. Oh, forget the agents, says Harv. Pardon me. The agents are working for the player. Uh, yeah, Connor should have way more influence on the way that things go on the ice, says this texter, Harv. That's the conversation, right? In the offseason, anyway, it is. Because as I sort of casually suggested, it's not as if we're about to see the NHL's officiating summit take place this offseason, right? It's not going to work like that. It will be behind closed doors. It'll likely be something that we know very little about, as is the case with these discussions amongst the GMs that John Shannon alluded to earlier. So it's not as if the standard of officiating is never being discussed, which I'm sure it might seem like at times. But what we're not going to see is it put on full display with the league admission of um, we have a bigger issue at hand. Because some people think that there is a huge issue at hand right here and others don't. We're down to, I mean, get this, we're down to the four best refs in the NHL, you know, that they see fit for these games. 
they're not just grabbing anyone and throwing them in. You know, they're picking the stripes accordingly as to who they think has managed games best throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. And I get it. Some people might not be happy with Chris Lee. Maybe some decisions he's made don't go the way that you're cheering for. But again, at this time, are there better options? I don't think so. And is it good talk show fodder? Yes. Is it something that the teams are sitting around worrying about right now? Not after a 2-1 game. That's the distinction to be made right there. You know, it's uh, it, it didn't take momentum and swing it in one direction or the other. But we've seen that happen too recently to now be having this discussion. And, and it's not as if we can just forget what happened to Joe Pavelski. Yeah, Vegas, kill off the penalty, of course. But, you know, that was one that was really sort of the holy cow. That was an egregious error that did impact the game. When you think of when teams are mad, I think of Bruce Cassidy and the Bruins being mad. But again, they only got to kill off four penalties in that game. I think the one where he called them the New York Saints after. (laughs) It wasn't like it was the worst refing you've ever seen in your life. I think they want to get their statement out. They want to, you know, have a say in it. Maybe they can swing it for future games. They're not having that big of an impact. In my opinion, my take on that Bruce Cassidy thing was that was not talking about the way that the Islanders themselves play. That was talking about maybe having the ear that Lou Lamorello does with the league, having the respect that Barry Trotz does of the officials or whatever the case is. You know, that wasn't necessarily the anything other than him trying to say, you guys are siding with their upper offices right now. Let's see if we can dial that back. Now, coming from Boston... Coming from Boston, I'm not sure about that, right? But that was my interpretation of that. And ultimately, where are the Bruins right now? So something is going right for Barry Trotz and that group and the way that he's got them playing. If you look at the construction of their defense, by the way, first of all, super homegrown. And the guys that aren't, those are are guys like Andy Green. What does Andy Green go out there and do that's any different than what Chris Russell does on a third pair? Food for thought. Food for thought. Interesting. (laughs) Let's go to this day in Oilers history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. This summer, travel a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler, B.C. and play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. On this day in 2003, it was draft day. The Oilers traded their first-round pick to New Jersey for the Devils' first and second-round picks. The Devils drafted Zach Parise. The Oilers drafted Marc-Antoine Pouliot and Jean-Francois Jacques. I don't know if Parise would have been the difference in the franchise's direction. He was a pretty darn good player in New Jersey for a long time, then signed a rather lucrative deal in Minnesota. Yeah, I still think, I mean, it's pretty clear who won that draft or that deal. This day in 2003, it's uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel Experience, a great golf holiday to Whistler, B.C. on a private jet to play four spectacular mountain courses. Details, newwesttravel.com. Tonight uh, on 630, Ted, we've been talking about it. You've got hockey, series tied up, 2-2, Lightning Islanders shifting back down to the the, uh, Sunshine State. That's what we call it down there in Florida. I've never been. That's what we call it. Who am I? 
It's great. It's really humid, especially at this time of year. But, I mean, not a bad place to be watching playoff hockey. Yeah, there's there really is not ever a bad place, but especially not when it's warm, maybe poolside. Uh, coming up tonight, though, put it on your radio, 6 o'clock news, and then the game shortly thereafter, Game 5 again tomorrow. Bob is back from vacation. You'll hear him and Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing is back, baby. Wednesday, pardon me, Wednesdays, Fridays. And Sundays at Century Mile. Uh, limited spectator access right now, but you can always watch and wager online. HPIbet.com, post time 6.15. Again, that's Fridays and Sundays. I got a little ahead of myself there. Up next, uh, global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen and I will take over at 3 o'clock. Brendan Escott here. It's been a pleasure as it always is. Big thanks to my man Cody Jansen on the other side of the glass for keeping it on the rails. Appreciate all your texts. We'll chat tomorrow. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.